0: talk all the time i know this is part of the problem
1: <laughs> i think a lot of things we talk about other people don't really want to listen to though it's all church related i mean so. that's what
0: i've thought about about this podcast for like the last almost five years and yet here we are and they, guess the statistics true. say that people keep listening so i don't I, know well you've apparently got, you've
1: got two listeners in the nagel household so
0: look at yeah. that all right well welcome back to beyond sunday i don't know that'll be fine patrick will figure it out <laughs>
1: Good luck, Patrick. Uh,
0: not with us today, uh, Patrick Nazaroff or Elise McCarter, but I am Pastor David, and with me again is Pastor Cassandra Nagel.
1: Hello, people of the future.
0: Wow. Okay. <laughs> just diving right in. Uh, no, it's, it's a
1: family bit, so my mom probably just squealed while, oh, okay. while fam- listening. Yeah. Your
0: family has a podcast on which they speak no, to no, no, in the future? No, no, no,
1: no. This probably could have been the opening story, I guess. Yeah. Um, What's the bit? So my brother, Thomas, I have two brothers, my, mm. my middle brother, um, my family would like always like videotape our like celebrations, so like Christmases and birthdays and stuff. Sure. Like, f- like video us like opening our presents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And so this is a
0: classic '90s move. Yeah, I'm familiar. I, with I guess. It.
1: Yeah, with the VHS and mm-hmm. everything. And so Thomas would he st- at some point started greeting the camera. <laughs> before every recording Uh with hello people of the future
0: because the future people would be watching because future
1: people would be watching and so that's that's very wise and so this morning this morning when i was getting ready i was like elise has a fun catchphrase like you know all of them on the podcast have this phrase like i've been on the podcast enough i need like Uh, something I mean my some (laughs) way to greet like (laughs) beyond how
0: you doing Patrick
1: (laughs) well see but that's your thing like I don't have a stick so I wanted I wanted a thing so um I decided this morning I was like I'm going to take Thomas's catchphrase and say hello people of the future do
0: we now owe Thomas intellectual property rights do we you
1: know he might yeah he might charge (laughs) me of royalty or (laughs) something we don't have funds for that just to be clear (laughs) every time I say it he's going to be like where's my 10 cents
0: (laughs) we don't have that in the budget so gonna have to talk about that one thomas will negotiate off air yeah yeah all right well we're gonna have uh some conversation with pastor cassandra and i today uh we're gonna talk about hospitality mm-hmm. here in a little bit and what that might look like but uh first i had to find a new story today so a new story from uh the ap uh so let me ask you a question if you were imagining a conflict that would arise along a border of two nations mm-hmm. what do you think that conflict might be about
1: uh oil
0: okay oil that's a good one yeah, yeah. any other thoughts um, immigration maybe you know border I crossings money
1: but yeah sure yeah i mean i guess money I guess... is involved
0: in this story so here's the deal russia oh yeah mm-hmm. that is
1: also one of the countries i was thinking of when uh, you yeah? asked that hypothetical question which boor- only because they're in the midst of conflict which right border now,
0: were you imagining this might be about
1: I, i'm not going to disclose that on this. Podcast. i mean i think we
0: can assume that it's probably ukraine <laughs> yes, right i mean yes. that's yeah uh no so this is about the border between norway and russia
1: Ooh, okay. Um,
0: I didn't know... I mean, I guess I did theoretically know that they shared a border, but I didn't yeah. like think about it a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: apparently, uh, Norwegian officials said that they are rebuilding a stretch of fence between the two uh, countries in order to keep reindeer on the Norway side of the border Aww. because <laughs> these reindeer that are herded by uh, native uh, tribal people of mm-hmm. this Arctic region of Norway have been uh, like crossing into Russia and Russia's sending Norway bills charging them for <laughs> these reindeer. <laughs> are it's like a it's like a toll. Li- yeah, it's and it's up to like uh, the bill that they've sent is over four million dollars US. Seriously. Yeah, four point four million reindeer, dollars U.S. Yes. Forty seven million kroner. So that's a lot of Kroner. Uh, okay. I think that's Norwegian money. I'm not okay. it's not a uh, ruple is uh um yeah. Moscow or not Moscow, <laughs> Russian money, right? Yeah, so I think that's Kroner. So fifty uh forty seven million Kroner, four point four million dollars uh, US is what uh <laughs> Russia is uh suggesting that Norway owes them for animals that have crossed the border and grazed in the park and so well uh, grass is
1: always greener on the other side apparently
0: yeah so Norway is re- rebuilding a fence uh, in order to uh, keep the 93 mile long fence mind you 93 mile long in order to keep the reindeer in uh, Norway and not have them cross the border wow. but their workers have to like be on the Norway side of the border all the time or there's like <laughs> constitutes an illegal crossing and <laughs> oh, so it's, no.
1: yeah apparently it's what quite kind complicated of, I mean it's it's probably cold and it, like it's the ice, arctic region icy? of norway yes. i know i'm just imagining it is like, summertime right like there. how i well yeah but like how do you make a a fence that i mean depending on how much snow they get I mean, how tall is this fence going to be? And I mean, is it barbed wire or is it like yeah, an electric are all, fence? These are all very
0: legitimate questions. I can show you a picture. Oh, um, I like pictures. So there's a rainbow in the background of this picture. It's oh, very nice. Oh, there's a rainbow. It does look pretty tall. I mean, it
1: looks... It's a very lush uh, scene. Yeah, it's it is. Very it's forested. very green,
0: Very green. And based on the size of the people standing next to these poles, which I'm assuming are what the fence is being built on, I'd say that fence is probably 20 feet tall.
1: Oh, yeah. I'd say a little taller than that even. It looks...
0: I'm I'm thinking that's like a five foot tall person. That's like four of him tall. Okay. I don't know depth of perception in photography yeah, is weird. Who yeah. knows? Um, but yeah, wow. it's a big fence. And uh, Rudolph, and you, you have to
1: be Norwegian. <laughs> that's right, Norwegian <We're> only.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's that's the part that fascinates me. It's like as if reindeer have any idea where an international border right, is. Right. Like, right. But Moscow's gonna. Say no, they can't graze on our land. I guess they are herded animals. They're not. Well, just it sounds like, like they're, they're not able, wild reindeer. Well,
1: it, it sounds like they are able to graze on their land. It just costs them money.
0: But who's it costing? like <laughs> I guess
1: the interesting. I mean, if you really Russia wanted, is charging them. If, if you, you really wanted to like make money, I mean, you could just be like, well, they crossed the border now. They're ours. You know, like sure. Now what, there are reindeer. So what do you do with a reindeer?
0: I don't know. People eat it.
1: Okay. I was thinking like a petting zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Come pet Rudolph. I You've don't know. I don't know, of, uh, I don't know if the Rudolph version of. I don't know that petting zoos
0: are particularly lucrative for the reindeer industry.
1: I don't know. It's probably not great for wild reindeer to be. In a petting zoo. In well, a petting yeah, zoo. Yeah. If they're herded animals,
0: are they still considered wild? I don't know how that works.
1: I don't know either. It not, sounds like an Elise question. They're not, she not
0: domesticated. I don't think.
1: Reindeer? No. Reindeer aren't domesticated.
0: I don't know. That's not the point of this podcast. We're not here to talk about domestication. <laughs> yeah, but uh, don't illegally cross into Russia through the Norwegian border, and uh, if you do, you'll be charged like a reindeer. I, I guess so. so watch yeah. out for that. <laughs> All right. So we get into our uh, our real story today. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this comes from uh, Christianity Today. This is one that you found for us. Uh, is HGTV harming our hospitality?
1: Yeah. Do you like HGTV? That Master is an excellent David?
0: question. I uh, periodically find it. You know, when I'm in. Uh, other places and we will pay attention to it right so mm-hmm. if i'm like in a uh, getting my haircut and there's something on the tv it's often like HETV or in like a doctor's waiting room and uh, so what i'm hearing is when i'm forced to watch it it's not, i will watch it it's not being forced it's that you know when it's available i find it interesting okay it's just that because it's not like someone has to hold my eyes open and make me look at it. It's there, and I'll watch it, and I'll be entertained. Sure. But I don't, like, sit around and go like, oh, I've got to catch the new you're season of Property You're not choosing Brothers. to watch I don't go HGTV. out of my way to watch HGTV. Yeah, you're not yeah.
1: switching over to HGTV on commercials during uh, the Ohio State football games. I'm
0: definitely not doing that, in part because I don't have cable. So <laughs> well, that, there that you helps. go. Yeah. That's part of it. Uh, how about yourself? Are you an HGTV Ooh, fanatic? Yeah.
1: Well, uh, I'm a selective HGTV fanatic. Well, sure. I mean, yeah. I don't so like... So, I don't yeah. watch... I've, I've been through seasons of, of shows that... I watch, you know, like, okay, you know, I House Hunters for a while was very okay. big on HGTV. Don't really watch that anymore, but. The premise um, of
0: House Hunters is here's a person, here's, they want to buy a house. Yeah. But and, the premise and, is you know, also like a lie. What do you mean the premise is a lie?
1: Of House Hunters? I don't. Oh yeah, it's a huge scandal. So, so House they Hunters, don't actually buy the so house? the premise of House Hunters is that there's usually a couple or a family that's trying to buy a house and sure. they have three options. Uh-huh. And then at the end of the show they reveal which of the three houses they've toured they choose. Go. Yeah. And the fascinating part, right, if you think about it, the family whatever house they choose, they always get you know, amazing. it doesn't matter if there's a bidding war or I mean yeah. like you don't hear about those details. So what we discovered a number of years ago is that pre filming of the show the the family that or whoever is starring in the show has already purchased their house that they pick and then the other two houses are like Neighbors' houses or like other houses. Oh on the... my! Goodness. I know. So the whole show is fake. It's They're like pretend falling in love with their house all over again. Isn't that scandalous? I mean, it
0: is kind of fun to pretend fall in love with the house all over again. That's I kind mean, of fun. yeah.
1: They've got all of these like amateur actors basically who are like making their actorial debut so as do... like ooh, this is a lovely scene. Are these even this families? Big... Uh, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. It could just all you know. Maybe it's, all it's all like just... script. Yeah. It's just my all goodness. all That's a lie. Yeah. So what anyway, I, I have to be honest that that, you know, realization your, sort yeah. of took away the the excitement and the mystery Understandably, behind yeah. it. But yeah, my mom and I like to watch a lot of the uh, like celebrity renovation competition shows that okay. have been on there lately. All so right. like they'll have HGTV duos. Have I don't know. But there's a, there's a couple of duos, and I did watch the Barbie Dreamhouse Challenge. Oh, what series. was the Barbie Dreamhouse Challenge? Well, in that one, they had celebrities that each had to redo a certain room in okay. a house, in okay. a Barbie Dreamhouse that was like, you know, an actual house in LA. So it
0: was a house, and they had to redo a, a room yeah, in so, the style of the Barbie Dreamhouse?
1: So they had an, an era, they had a decade from the Barbie and Mattel timeline that okay. they had to redo. Okay. So. Um, you know, like the first week it was like the living room and entryway versus the kitchen and the sitting room. And so they had two teams of two that were designing and they each had their own themes and you had to like, they called it toyetic features. You had to make toyetic? some sort of, yeah, because you know how in the Barbie dream house, there's oh, like all those like, like a special, toy,
0: not like Toyota. Got it. Okay, no, sorry. like toyetic features, yeah, uh-huh.
1: like, like technological, you know, uh-huh. kind of thing. So the, you, you know, gotta the have one, the
0: slide that comes down. Yeah. The whatever or yeah. The, so the one team the had like an elevator, like a pet elevator sure, and all that yeah. kind of stuff.
1: So, I do watch the occasional, but what I do is I tape them and then I fast forward through the commercials. So it's not really watching That's, HGTV. Mm, it's just false.
0: <laughs> That's, it's not watching the commercials of HGTV. Yeah.
1: yeah. In another life, if I could have been like a, uh, like interior designer, I feel like I would be because I really enjoy having an opinion about things in people's houses and then judging other people's opinions for what they have well in that's their gonna house. be great
0: for this podcast <laughs> yeah this that's why i was very excited yeah. about this article this be, so uh here we go our, our author of this uh whose name is laura detremont there's an apostrophe in there detremont De detremont De i don't know there's don't an know. apostrophe anyway laura uh, she writes that our first home was in my in-law's tiny cottage where we stayed for free. There were unfinished walls. The floors were painted chipboard and all our furniture was dated and used. When our first guests came by, I remember looking around my stomach twisting with anxiety. What must they be thinking of us? I wondered if I could ever host company again, at least not until we moved. And she goes on to describe uh, continued anxiety and thinking about her or thinking to herself, even as they got into their first house, you know, was this HD hgtv worthy so let me ask you uh, what do you define as hgtv worthy
1: when i think about hgtv homes i think about uh nothing on the counters that shouldn't be there like Mm. very pristine counters Uh and like the shelves in the kitchen or in the living room have like very few things on them, like yes. strategically placed, and you they're, know the they're pillows, decorative shelves, yeah, not functional yeah, yeah. shelves. Yeah, yeah, and like the pillows on the couch are like perfectly fluffed, and you know there's just this, like, I mean it's obviously not a porcelain house, but there's just like this almost mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. like shiny feature to it, um, and the question is like, does someone live here, you know, yes. or not? You know that kind yeah. of uh, trick of the mind, mm-hmm. like, yeah.
0: I'm convinced that every HGTV house has a secret back room in which all the junk is stored <laughs> and they just never show it. Like it's a yeah. door, it's like got triple locks on it yeah. and security cameras so that no one can even go close to it.
1: Well, I mean now and a lot of the like more recent HGTV shows that I've been watching, they talk about the drop zone. Oh. if you have heard about the drop what zone? Is the drop which zone? is like a like it's I guess like the more modern version of like a of like a junk drawer, but it's a whole room. So it's like the drop <laughs> So, like, the drop zone is, like, the hallway between the garage and, like, whatever big entry space or living room. Okay. And so, like, if you think about those nooks in hallways that have hooks where you can, you know, hang your backpacks and there's little, you know, buckets to put your shoes and things like that. I mean, even, like. A mudroom. A mudroom, yeah. So But, I mean, even, like, glamorizing or, like,
0: Ugh, you God. know,
1: like, magazineifying this area that, like is the drop zone right it's like the you know the the place where you put all of your dirty things that you don't want in the rest of the house like right. even so the rest
0: of the house stays pristine yeah, yeah but like
1: you know there's even in these kind of you know i would call in between spaces between the chaos of outside and the perfection of the inside of the house mm-hmm. now we're even trying to like you know add this like layer of of you know exterior perfection Mm -hmm. to these kind of yeah to the drop zone that's the new thing yeah
0: so let's let's talk about i mean you have had a variety of housing situations in your experience Mm -hmm. are you someone who invites people into your home and like wants to have company over and that sort of thing um uh,
1: yeah this is a complicated question because growing up yes or no growing up we didn't really uh, i mean my parents are not like party people so we like didn't have a lot of parties and stuff but um when I started working like full time in like church work, mm-hmm. um, especially when I lived in Seattle, like, and we were in the middle of COVID, I didn't have a lot of other places I could go. Oh, yeah. Um, so I wasn't, I didn't want people to come over. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I didn't want to spend time with people, but because as a more introverted person, I was like, I need a space that is mine, you know, yeah. and that other people, you know, c- can't find me in a way. So, um, like, I want people to come to my office, you know, and I—I mean, that's why I bought a, you know, foam couch in my office so that kids can sit. You know, I so there are spaces that I want to be, you know, with other people, but at least up to this point in my life, I haven't, you know, found the right balance of like because of my work and because of, you know, with COVID, you know, what are what does it look like to have spaces that are mine and spaces where I can be with people too? Sure. sure. Yeah.
0: Well, so uh, Laura in our article goes on to talk about how. Uh, HGTV and you know, our kind of perception of these glorified, magazinified uh, mm-hmm. homes uh, has left us with this kind of empty perception that nothing that we do is suitable for others to come in. and so, And so we've lost this ability to host and to be hospitable because we're constantly concerned about what other people are thinking and judging in our space so yeah rather than inviting people into our space and risking them judging us mm-hmm. or judging the space or judging the fact that it's not perf- perfection or not clean or it's not the color that's trendy or yeah. whatever uh we're just not inviting people into the space at all yeah um so first let me i guess uh, kind of say like do you think that's an accurate reflection of a are people judging your space when they walk into it mm. uh b uh, is it hgtv's vault uh, yeah. and c <laughs> what can we do about it uh, yeah
1: yeah um I think one of the gifts of our job is that we are able to come into people's spaces in different ways, right? And so, I mean, I don't know how many times you get this, but I feel like a lot of times when I walk into someone's home, like whether it be a member, you know, someone that we're going to visit, you know, even at the hospital, you know, people will be like, well, I'm sorry for the mess." I'm like, I don't care about the mess," Like, you know, and so um, I, you know, I like to think of it as like, there's all of these stories and like I mean you know when I look around I'm like oh I want to know you know why the kiddos toys are in this corner Mm -hmm. or like you know what the stack of magazines has you know what that significance is for you and sometimes it's just you know clutter or things like that but um, at least my experience has been folks like feeling like they have to apologize right for how their home looks and so you know I want to do what I can to reassure folks that one, I don't care, and, and two, it, you know, I'm just honored to be in their space, um, so, I mean, that's not the same as hosting a party, right, Mm because it's just, you know, I'm just one person coming in to, you know, visit and have communion, but, um, it's still a vulnerable thing to, like, let people into, into your home, so I think it's a, it's certainly a sacred part of the work that we get to do, I think.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think that this problem is unique because of HGTV, right, I think that we've long had a sense of, well, this is my home, and there is vulnerability there, right, and there's, a different way in which we interact with people in uh, that kind of personal space as opposed to the public space of the world around us. Um, So I think there's always been a layer of that. But I do think that it's like most things with the internet, right, has been heightened by Mm -hmm. HTV, has been heightened by, uh, you know, DIY bloggers uh, telling you all the things that you can do and say how to updo your bathroom for Mm -hmm. $50 on a weekend, right? And then like, oh, I'm supposed to redo my bathroom or I'm supposed to repaint my room Mm -hmm. every year to match the newest color trend. Uh, the article actually goes on to talk about how some people find themselves doing things in their room because they think it's trendy and appropriate yeah. and they don't even like it right mm-hmm. like they're not worried about their personal aesthetic yeah. they're worried about what are people going to think when they walk into this space um, yeah
1: I think the hard thing too is I mean uh, there's I mean one of the trends right is you know buying an old home and and fixing it up or sure. like taking old pieces of furniture that you buy at, mm-hmm. a, at a flea market or something like that and fixing them up and um, like I mean I grew up going to Cape May, New Jersey with my family. I have no idea what that is. You don't know what Cape May is? or I, where Cape May is? I started so, the
0: sentence by saying I have no idea what that is.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So think about the state of New Jersey. Per, I know. You're from Ohio. Do you know? Yeah, do, know, okay. know okay.
0: Listen, I'm from Ohio, but I have an acutest understanding I mean, of the, the beef, geography of the United okay, States. Okay. Well, the
1: beef between Ohio and Pennsylvania is so strong that maybe, you know. What beef
0: between Ohio of, and Pennsylvania?
1: Oh, uh, there's there's rivalries between them. Maybe, Amongst for, pe- my, maybe for
0: Pennsylvanians. Ohio just knows oh, we're better. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> there's no need to have a rivalry I, with I Pennsylvania. I come from
1: Pennsylvania, so maybe that's my you know okay anyway no beef so in new, so new jersey right the state yeah. of new jersey Looks Cape like May is like basically the southernmost point in new jersey okay that you so get to.
0: down at the, the, the back of the guy
1: yeah yeah okay. and so like down on cape may there's all these beautiful beaches you go to the shore right that's what they say is that new where jersey. the jersey shore is yeah okay it's so oh. it's well, i mean no the jersey shore yeah is more of a region is, my is understanding. part of the shore but of cape new jersey, may cape may is like the southern point of new jersey so anyway my family grew up going there and like One of our family's, you know, hopes is to, like, have a a beach house Mm -hmm. in Cape May. Now, my mom doesn't really want to do that. But my dad and I, we really want to have a a beach house in Cape May. The whole point of this story is that (laughs) we really would love to have, like, a a house that was built in Mm 19-whatever. And that still resembles that. Because what a lot of people do is they buy property in Cape May or these, like, beach, you know, areas. Tear tear down down the house and build something new. Because they can sell it for more money. It can be bigger. You know, and all that sort of stuff. And so, I mean part of what I think is happening too with a lot of these trends is like there's appreciation for you know old pieces of furniture there's appreciation for old homes and there's also this like perspective of like it's good but it's not quite enough so we're gonna like we're gonna like sand it and paint it and then like you know this wood this piece of wood furniture is gonna be you know get a facelift or things yeah. like that. And I think sometimes that's necessary, right? Like sometimes you do have to improve things, but also I wonder about kind of that celebration of, of like original craftsm- craftsmanship and things like that. You know, there's, um, yeah, does everything need to be improved, sure. right? Or when we look at things from that perspective of something's not good enough or my house isn't good enough. Yeah. Um, how does that affect how we feel in our, in our spaces?
0: Yeah. And from the context of you know, the hospitality question they were are asking, right? How, yeah. do you, how do you feel when you're inviting people into your space? Mm-hmm. If everybody, if I think everybody who walks into my space is saying, oh, well, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that I could have DIY'd that better. Sure. Or, you know, that shelf is clearly too cluttered and does not <laughs> have the appropriate three items or whatever yeah. it is that you're yeah. supposed to put on it. Right. Uh, if that's what we think everybody's thinking when they walk mm-hmm. into our space. I, I, for one, I'm not surprised that we don't. uh, And and there's more than just uh, the space that affects it, right? Hospitality has taken a really dramatic shift in our culture overall, right? And and COVID had a huge part to play in this. But even before that, um, I think people were less likely to just go into people's homes, than they were to say like let's go out and meet somewhere Mm -hmm. at a Mm -hmm. place right like you know going out was the thing to do as opposed to coming into someone's home and some of that maybe is busyness of the schedule and maybe that is other affluent uh you know issues and things like that but Mm -hmm. um there there's a sacredness as you kind of alluded to earlier Um, but there's also a real trust to inviting someone Mm -hmm. into your home and i think you know, we're, we're getting ready to talk about stewardship and when we're talking about stewardship mm-hmm. we talk about abundance and scarcity a lot right mm-hmm. and, and are we looking at a are we looking at our life and seeing the abundance that god has already provided or are we seeing the scarcity of things that we wish we had mm-hmm. and i think sometimes we need to be willing to look at the space that we have whatever it is and look at the abundance of opportunities that there are to be hospitable in that space rather mm-hmm. than looking around and feeling like hey this is just a scarcity of things that i don't have or that aren't right or aren't the way that i like them right that mm-hmm that it it is a vulnerable step, but I think we need to just be willing to take a risk and say, I want want to take this seriously because I do think our faith calls us into hospitality, right? Um, I don't think every person has to throw parties every single weekend, Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that we're called to invite people in and to be willing to share our space with other people. And um, yeah, some people probably are judging your space when they walk into it, but so what, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I mean, I will, I will be the first to admit when I walk into a house, even when I'm doing pastoral visits, I'm looking around and I'm saying, what do I like? What do I not like about <laughs> this house? And it's not because sure. I think anything more or less of that person, yeah. but I'm curious. I'm like, oh, that's a really interesting way to hang that shelf. Oh, I really don't like that color or, you know, like mm-hmm. th- that's just how I interact with the world. Yeah. But I also know that in those 15 minute times when I'm watching H T V in a waiting room or whatever, mm-hmm. I see something. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should, I should be fixing up mm-hmm. our entryway. Like our entryways ugly which our entryway is ugly like that's not in a matter of opinion it's a fact um, but like you know that feeling of I should be fixing that up it yeah. should be nicer um, and the sense of it should be nicer before I you know can invite people over in fact the the author actually says you know she often found herself thinking Um, once I have this house, that thing, this, whatever, then I will be more hospitable. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is the same thing we tell people about stewardship too. It's when I'm going to get this promotion, then I'll be able to be generous. If you're not going to be hospitable or generous or whatever in your current state, it's not going to get easier just because that next thing happens. Right. I'll be happy
1: when I have the next iPhone. Exactly. Probably not.
0: Well, I mean, you might be, but (laughs) (laughs) the new iPhone is supposed to be cool. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Yeah, I actually looked cuz I thought that I might be ready but my iPhone is still covered under the uh, oh, the current OS. I'm
1: getting a new one. It's holding on by a thread. Yeah. Only one speaker of the three works. <laughs> but I can still talk on the phone. That's so, right. yeah.
0: Yeah, but, I think uh yeah. I'm the I'm the oldest generation that will still be covered on the OS once the new phone oh, the comes warranty. out. So, yeah. uh I've got one more round before I'm written out for all eternity. So, Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm thinking about, you know, over the summer when we had uh luther hill day camp we had members who mm, opened up mm-hmm. their homes yeah. right and allowed for our luther hill counselors to mm-hmm. stay um you know and some of those folks were you know families who have kids that are no longer in the house right yeah. and so i think it's it it's really exciting to me to have folks in our community who are able to look at the space that they have and you know there's grief there and there's um you know, change in their lifestyle, but they're able to see spaces that were their kids or spaces that were their guest rooms and be like, they can have another purpose, another life. And that there's another opportunity for us to, you know, welcome folks into our home yeah. by letting these Luther Hill counselors stay at our house, you know, for the week that they're, that they're helping. So I think yeah. that's a, a helpful model for us to have, you know, right here in our community of, um, you know, it probably feels weird for a Luther Hill counselor to be like, oh, like I'm in, you know, this this family's, you know, kiddo's room. And You yeah. know, I mean, there's all those dynamics. Right. Sure. And, you know, it's still not their space. It's different than staying in a hotel where mm-hmm. it's a very neutral space. But um, I think for both our counselors to be willing to step into that and whether th- I guess they don't really have a choice. <laughs> they kind of go where they're told but, for their yeah, job. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, but like they for our go families, into the job knowing that. That's yeah, what, yeah. Yeah. But for our families to be willing to like have kids that they don't know, you know, stay in spaces that were their kids for years and years or, or things like that, I think is a pretty special thing that we have as a practice in our community.
0: I have found, and maybe this is just me, but it was way easier for me to walk in, not to walk into any house, but like walk into spaces that I didn't know and be like, okay, I'm going to crash on this couch or I'm going to sleep in this bed and like not think about it. Mm -hmm. It was way easier to do that, you know, 15 years ago uh when i was you know in college out of college mm-hmm. you know going through seminary like i could you know okay we're going on a road trip and we're going to sleep in this person's house that i have a loose connection to for yeah an, great whatever like <laughs> nope but at this point in my life i'm like no i like <laughs> yeah i either need to know this person really well or i'm getting a hotel or i'm sleeping in my car like sure i, so I, sure. Like,
1: yeah. I think that's fair yeah um
0: uh, but yeah so this hospitality question where when we're when we're talking about hospitality from the perspective of faith mm-hmm. um you know, the, the verse that comes to mind for me is the Hebrews passage, right? Uh, welcome strangers, because by doing so, some have entertained angels, right? That mm-hmm. um, this is an element uh, of how we extend hospitality, how we extend the hospitality that God has shown us. But where do you see uh, hospitality or that call to hospitality played out um, in your faith or in scripture or uh, other theological components? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think the the stories, you know, from scripture that come to my mind, a lot of them center around food, um, and like eating with other people. And I mean, like we do that every week, you know, I don't know how many confirmation kids and their sermon notes in the last three weeks have written my favorite part of, of worship is communion communion. because I get to eat breakfast, you know? But I mean, I think about like, unless you're, I mean, even if you're ordering food to have catered at your Mm -hmm. place and even if you're using paper, paper products and plastic cutlery, like, eating food on your own or with other people makes a mess, you know? And so I think that from a hospitality standpoint, there's, um, I get excited about the messiness that comes from Mm, when mm -hmm. people are together, whether they're eating and, you know, (laughs) you know, unless you're like in the military and like you've only got five minutes to eat your meal, like you're usually talking to people when you eat and that's something that we do, you know, on Wednesdays here at Lord of life for our music meals and more too. So, um, yeah, the stories that come to my mind in scripture are, you know, When Jesus is, you know, eating with tax collectors and sinners and, um, you know, we have them in the Old Testament too, but just moments where we're willing to eat and like, yeah, make a mess really. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I
0: think in one of the earliest stories that we get to this, right? Abraham uh, Mm -hmm. in Genesis uh, welcomes in these three travelers on the road who turn out to be uh, angels of God and maybe God. It's a little bit murky on how exactly that plays out. (laughs) Um, but as soon as he sees these guys walking down the road, he says, you know, come over here and rest mm-hmm. and let me prepare a meal for you. And he runs inside and not only like brings out fresh baked bread, mm-hmm. but like goes and slaughters a calf and like yeah. has this meat prepared. I'm like, that takes time. Mm-hmm. That's not like a an and is way messier than anything I'm making in my kitchen, right? Yeah. Um, well, and yeah.
1: then, yeah. Well, and then we've got, you know, in John, you know, Jesus' resurrection. Sure. And, like, he's like, call me breakfast. And Peter's yeah. like, let me take my clothes off and go to have dinner with Jesus. I mean, yeah. you know, he's, like, yeah, weirdly, dripping wet from swimming from the boat. And there's it, sand. He puts his clothes
0: like, on and jumps in the water.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, he does. He's naked on the boat for some reason. I guess he was reason. I don't know. But, well, was yeah, nighttime. I mean. The, you know sun tanning.
0: Anyway. I don't know. I don't know. Peter's a dude. I don't want to know what Peter's doing. a weird dude. <laughs> he was on the boat <laughs> but yeah puts I on mean, his clothes jumps in the water and yeah swims yeah, over to Jesus. so
1: yeah so he's you know you know jesus is getting ready to give fish and bread to you know to his bros when they're like
0: <laughs> did we really just refer to the disciples as, as bros as bro- yeah i don't like it his buds his friends i'm fine with that yeah buds yeah. and friends i'm good with that
1: friends yeah disciples so yeah i mean so we have those stories too right where um and what i like about that story is that um You know, we're all showing up a mess to the meal, you know, and Jesus doesn't say, well, Peter, you've got to dry off like you got to put new clothes on before you can have the meal. Right. Like he's able to come, you know, smell in all sorts of ways. Sure and i am
0: personally glad peter had clothes on yes i think, I
1: think it was very respectful of yeah. him yeah he's like oh this is my rabbi my lord let step, me get dressed before i go step see him one, clothes on. Yeah, okay. yeah yeah but um yeah i mean i think that that is a a helpful reminder at least for me right that like yeah. jesus you know still welcomes us you know and wants to eat and be with us in the mess yeah. of our lives yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah i think that's really helpful because uh there is a, a there's a fine line right between Maybe it's not that fine. There's a line uh, between like, okay, everything has to be perfect before I can invite someone into my house. Mm-hmm. And uh, my house is literally a disaster of clutter and mess that I, you know, just don't clean up. And sure. like, and th- there is a, like, there is a space there of like, when you're yeah. inviting people into your home, you also want to prepare your home yeah, to yeah. have that ready. Right. So I'm not suggesting like, Hey, don't worry about vacuuming. Don't worry about, you know, having stuff piled up to the ceiling. Like, yeah. you know, like, have a clean home. That's great. Do that. But also don't worry if your paint color is the right thing. Don't worry if yeah. you have like the exact new furniture or the perfect countertop or the the lighting in just such a way. Like that's not what matters. Like invite mm-hmm. people into that space and also don't expect your house to be perfect. Yeah. I mean, Amanda and I, we've got two kids. Our house has not been perfect even before we had two kids. I can't blame <laughs> the two kids. It was never perfect, but you're right. It's just, it's, yeah, yeah. it's not a piece of, of reality. And mm-hmm. so like allowing people into that space, and then when you're entering someone's space, I think you know what you're saying, right? Allow yourself to be comfortable in that as well. Like yeah. trusting that this is a holy, sacred process, even if we're even if we're just coming together because we want to have a, a barbecue or a cookout yeah. you know, for whatever, right? This is still sacred space, Mm -hmm. whether they know it or not. Right. When you're interacting in that time, that's sacred space.
1: Yeah. And I'm thinking, too, about the difference between when you show up uninvited and when you show up invited. Right. Like if you're planning a party, then you're probably going to like clean the bathrooms Mm -hmm. and, you know, prepare for the people who are coming. And so I think that is those are situations when I step in and I, you know, my prejudgment is like they know that I'm coming and they're going to you know, have done something to Mm -hmm. prepare their home and themselves for that. Whereas when you stop by unannounced, um, or with, you know, less notice, that's Mm -hmm. where I think, at least for me, um, I'm anticipating stepping into some form of, of chaos, whether it's like, you know, the people within the, within the home are feeling chaotic or like the space itself is like, you know, chaotic and things like that. And, you know, how can we, um, yeah, enter into those places with grace and, but curiosity too, and yeah. just kind of be receptive. But it's, yeah, I think there's there's a give and take, right? Like it's it's mm, not mm-hmm. all on the guest to sort of, no, you know, or yeah. all on the host, but it's a kind of mutual practice of, you know, how can we both enter into this experience that we're going to have together, this visit, this conversation, this party, and um both give each other the benefit of the doubt yeah
0: yeah yeah give each other the benefit of the doubt and not hold each other to the expectations that we see on television which yeah. are apparently completely
1: faked so, uh, yeah at least in the house hunters uh, yeah. s- uh situation i'm not yeah. gonna assume
0: that every show on H T V is just a fake and it's just like a oh they already did this renovation they already like they already solved this problem this is not a thing.
1: yeah that's yeah. Fine. yeah yeah sorry to ruin the uh the movie magic what am bit. i going to do in the i Doctor's think HGTV is now. owned by disney right so i think i can say sorry to have ruined some of the disney magic are they year. ruined by disney i don't know i forget they've got so i many. think they're owned by discovery oh okay i don't know yeah disney owns so much stuff i just assumed
0: disney does maybe disney owns discovery i don't know but they're on different uh streaming platforms
1: oh okay yeah i don't know i have cable so they're all together <laughs> fair enough
0: <laughs> Alright, anything else on hospitality or welcoming people or any of that stuff? I don't think so. We should do it. We should be hospitable. We should. Try yeah. it out. Not like I'm not like looking <laughs> at you, I'm just saying to our listeners.
1: He's like, Y you need to be more hospitable, do Pastor it. Cassandra. No, yeah. but
0: like I mean, if you're yeah. someone who's like, I just don't know if my house is right ready, I just don't know if my space is right. Like,
1: yeah. Try it.
0: And like yeah. not every house is gonna be able to host a fifty person party and like a, you know, five course whatever dinner. Yeah. Like and that's fine. Like that doesn't have to be what it is, but try it out. What does it mean to have people in your space and share your space and welcome them into that as kind of a, a sacred and holy time and Yeah. Yeah.
1: I can't tell you how many times I've uh been serving bread <laughs> during communion uh-huh. at Lord of Life and like a crumb falls from whatever I'm holding onto the ground sure. and people like their eyes get so big and they look down <laughs> at the ground look back at me i'm like i'm not picking it up and i think that that um that yeah it it like makes me laugh thinking about like bits of jesus being on the ground and like even in this like holy mysterious thing that we call communion like sure. if that's messy then like well anywhere else can be messy too you know that gets that's, into why, whole I like theology that, that's of, why i like that's why i like that we you know don't use don't use wafers typically i like sure. that we've i like that we've got the bread because Jesus' body was pretty, pretty broken. So, it was. you know, yeah.
0: But if you have a much higher, not, I don't know, higher is not the right sense. If you have a much more uh, yeah, Catholic understanding yeah. Of, of communion, that this is the actual body of Jesus. Yes.
1: Then it is quite scandalous that Jesus's, yeah. I don't know, left pinky toe to be on the ground. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that they're quite that <laughs> literal with it, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's my me- final thought. Faith is messy, right? Faith yeah. is messy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thanks. Thank thanks you. for being here. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode, you can find all of our uh, episodes coming up on five years. I think next week. I don't know. We'll have to look. Uh, one of these weeks, uh, very soon, will be our five year anniversary as a podcast. You can find wow. all of them at uh or wherever you uh, like to stream your podcast. And be sure to send us an email. You can send us a happy birthday uh, email. Happy anniversary, I guess, technically. Yeah. You can send us that email. You can or send cake. us uh, cake. Uh, absolutely, send us cake. Hard to do <laughs> in an email. Champagne. But you can send us cake. Uh, you can uh, send us your thoughts on hospitality and how you welcome people into your home or your favorite or least favorite HGTV show. We'd love to hear that too. You can send those all to Beyond Sunday Podcast at gmail.com you want to do patrick's part
1: i i don't remember what his part do you have
0: do you have a shtick for saying goodbye do you say goodbye to the future people
1: no i don't i don't think we have one actually oh goodbye people of the future i guess there you go would be (laughs) what i would say